I'm Amber Lauva, journalist and blogger at Fashion Avenue, which is your one-stop shop for all things fashion and beauty, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm chatting to Iris Smith, founder of world-famous eyeliner stamp, The Quick Flick. If getting your winged liner to match on both sides seems like it's the end of the world, then this is the product you need in your life. With just one stamp, you'll be able to get the wings you've always wanted, and they'll hold up for hours on end. Trust me, I've tried it. So if you've wanted to know how Iris got this genius idea, how they grew on so media so quickly and what's coming up next to the brand then make sure you keep on listening iris thank you so much for coming on the fashion avenue podcast no worries thanks so much for having me no worries i'm really interested in knowing your background so what were you doing before the quick flick yeah well great question um i actually was studying at university at the time i was in my final year doing a interior architecture degree wow yeah so my big dream was to be an architect essentially. Um, always loved design, always had a really big passion for it and um, kind of went off track a little bit, but yeah, still <laughs> sort of doing design, I guess. So yeah. Wow. That's a bit of a, yeah, a bit off track, but mm. I guess it kind of works in the design element, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, 100%. Like um, I've learned from my degree, I've learned a lot that I can apply in what I do every day. So yeah, yeah definitely wasn't perfect. a way. <laughs> awesome. And so how did you get the idea for the quick flick? Mm. Um, well, well, I'm sure a lot of you know people can relate to this, whoever's worn winged eyeliner before. I struggled with it for many years and <laughs> was late every morning for many years because of it. Um, and I sort of was like looking on the market to see, I was like, come on, it's the 21st century, surely there's something out there that makes this easier. And there were like a few products, like a gimmicky products, like your typical things you see on Instagram and they don't work. Yeah. So then I sort of selfishly started designing a product for myself and then I sort of realized well I'm sure this would be handy for many other people out there and then it sort of just evolved into a product that then became a business. Wow and why did you think it was needed in the beauty industry? Well I kind of started telling people like at uni and like my friends or like I've been working on this little project over the holidays and they were like oh can you get me one like can I have one and I was like yeah and I was kind of like hmm surely this could be a business because at the time I was actually running my boyfriend at the time he had an e-com business online and I was pretty much running that alongside him while I was at uni so I could I kind of understood like how you could quickly scale something and sell it quite easily with the right marketing tool Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of thought, well, I think I've got a good product here, so I think I could sort of replicate it in the same way. That's so cool. And how long did it, I guess, take you from design to actually having the product in your hands? Yeah, a lot of people I think think it was like this, like a year-long process, but it was actually really, really quick. So I sort of started it um, like the middle of uh, June in 2017, mm-hmm. and by the time I was back at uni which is about six to eight weeks, I think. I already had the first prototype. Wow. So it was only like two months, really. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think I did get a little bit lucky. Like the prototype was pretty much perfect on the first go. And I've heard a lot of like horror stories and mm-hmm. I've worked on other products since then and it definitely hasn't been so quick. So I think it was like first time lucky. It yeah. was perfect. <laughs> and that's really yeah. interesting that it took such a short amount of time because did that mean that you always knew what you wanted it to look like? Yeah. Well, I I think also because I designed it myself, like everything from like the packaging 
as the logo, like, because wow. I obviously had that design knowledge. It's yeah. not like I was waiting on a designer to do it or, like, you know, get the packaging, like, drawn up. Like, I think sometimes that can be a long process when you're working with other people, but mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. So, kind of, like, I knew straight away what I wanted it to look like and I literally did the packaging, like, in a day. I just, blah, 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 here we go, that will do. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it was quite quick. I, I kind of knew the direction I wanted to yeah. take um, and I just did it and I sent it off and had it printed and within a week I could see what it looks like. <laughs> God, a girl that knows what she wants. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. good. <laughs> and in terms of the actual formula itself, because there mm. are a few duds on the market, let's be honest. Um, yeah. How long did it take you like to kind of get that formula and go, yeah, this is it? Yeah, the formula was probably the harder part. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go through a few runs of it. I really wanted like that intense black color like mm-hmm. I find a lot of eyeliners sort of fall short in the sense that it's a little bit too watery or a bit too opaque yeah so it did take a few goes to adjust the formula to be really rich and intense mm-hmm. um but I knew from the get-go in terms of like the ingredients I really wanted it to be like vegan cruelty free like a really life proof formula that was long wearing mm-hmm. um and stayed all day basically like just appealing to every single customer you know um yeah. trying to tick all the boxes yeah and it's good that you kind of had that from the get-go when you were making sure those boxes were ticked and that probably helped mm. you from, I guess, making that transition so quickly into actually getting the product into your hands. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, I think a lot of the times, you know, you'll start something and then you'll realise, oh, I forgot about all these other elements. But I haven't really, yeah, I didn't experience that because I guess it was pretty much there on the first go. Meant to be. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and what was the initial response like when you launched it? Um, well, it was a little, like, it was a little bit low at first obviously like it was the sales was mostly to friends and family and like I put a post up on Facebook mm-hmm. saying oh I just launched this product blah 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 I think like on the first day I made like $800 in sales and I was like oh, oh. my god I'm rich <laughs> <laughs> um, I never have to work again um, no but yeah no the initial response like everyone was pretty surprised they were like oh you were working on this um, and you've launched it so quickly mm-hmm. um, and then I guess we're sort of like took off a little bit was I had like a Daily Mail article written on me um, ah. which got a little bit of publicity so that response was like phenomenal um, yeah. that was really really good because the exposure you get you know yeah, um, was great and then I guess the main response and exposure came when I went on Channel 10's Shark Tank yes I saw you um, on that I watched that yeah yeah so um, I'm not sure if you know but I didn't actually end up taking the deal in yeah, the end yeah that's interesting yeah um, but obviously because it was, you know, aired to Australia-wide national television, yeah, the it just exploded the brand. Like, it's yeah. exposure that would have, you know, taken a few years. It's not exposure you can pay for. So I'm very thankful for that happening because it definitely pushed me forward um, many years in, you know, the business and establishing that brand in the market as well. Yeah, yeah. And did you see the quick flick taking off as well as it did? Did you kind of, when you were designing it and when you first put it out, were you like, yeah, I've got something good here? To be honest, I didn't really go in expecting anything. Okay. Like I didn't, I've always worked hard and I've always wanted to be successful. Like when I put my mind to something, I'll, I'll get it done. But to be honest, I didn't really have like an expectation. Like it's not like I envisioned, oh, in 12 months, you know, I want to be at this stage. I guess now mm-hmm. I sort of set those goals better because yep. I can sort of forecast growth. But yeah, at the time, like looking back, I probably was a little bit naive to how much 
success would come so quickly. It's been great. Like I've learned so much in such a short period of time. So um, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. And that's so good. Good on you. Mm. That's awesome. Obviously, social media, it played a big part in your growth. I would say Mm. so because I saw it just blowing up on my Instagram like every time I went onto it. Um, Mm. And how did you use this to your advantage? Yeah, so initially like the brand was very much built built on um, influencer marketing. Yeah. So that was like very much a core focus. Even a few months ago, it was very much, you know, getting it out to bloggers, um, influencers, makeup artists, getting them to show the product on their feed, etc. So that was a really good way to gain quick exposure and also validate the brand a little bit because people can see, you know, other people are using it. But to be completely honest with you, this is just my opinion. I personally think that influencer marketing is a dying trend. I don't know how much longer it's got, but I noticed in our business, it wasn't performing as well as it did 12 months before. Yeah. We sort of have changed things up a little bit and we're not doing any paid influencers anymore. Wow. Um, It's all, yeah, it's all kind of going back to grassroots and using like smaller accounts and sort of trying to treat our brand as its own influencer and creating more in-house content to give to people. Yeah, right. And sort of moving what we were spending on influencers back into, you know, like your Facebook, your Google ads, because we know that there is a return we can see the return on it whereas influencers it's kind of a gray area like it's hard to measure a return straight away Mm. Um, it could take a long period of time so that's just me personally it might not be applicable to all brands but I think it's definitely shifting I think also because consumers are becoming more aware of sponsored content they don't trust it as much yeah true Um, and I sometimes find I can be put off a brand that is really pushed through influencers I kind of start thinking does this brand actually work are these influencers just saying this so Mm -hmm. I think it's important to tread carefully you know you can you can go too heavy on the influencer front and it could actually negatively affect the brand that's so interesting that you Mm. say that because obviously a lot of a lot of brands still heavily rely on influencers and you kind of see brands actually go from nothing to something big well you know back in the day or a few years ago um just because of influencers and actually you know they've they started off as kind of like instagram brands almost Mm. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I think that's a really good point because, yeah, I have kind of seen or I guess as a consumer myself, you do kind of wonder if the brands that people are promoting are actually, yeah, if they're Mm. actually worth it and that good. And I feel like there's always something new, like influencer marketing was new and hot at one point, you know, it sort of Mm. became the new trend. And then, you know, Facebook ads at one point, you were getting a much bigger, you know, return on your ad spend and then everyone sort of started doing it and now it's a lot more expensive to advertise and I feel like the same sort of thing is happening with influencers like it it might always still be there Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily think it's like going to be the hot trend for much longer I think there's something else coming that will be like the next big wave of marketing I personally think it's just going back to basics and like treating the brand as its own influence Mm -hmm. and people wanting to buy because of the brand not because of who's using the brand you know 
Yeah. 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 I think for you, it's important as, you know, a brand owner to actually back yourself because you need to believe in your product and you need to believe, yeah, this is good enough for people to actually want to come and buy rather than promoting it through other people, you know? So I think it's a bit about, you know, actually believing in what you're selling. Mm, Yeah. hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And what advice would you give to a new brand then who are looking to elevate (laughs) on social media? Yeah. Well, that kind of goes against everything I just said. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I, like personally, I well the way I did it was um, I obviously started out started small, you know, friends, family, immediate group. Mm-hmm. Um, I would depending on like you know what your budget would be, I would just to sort of get the word rolling. I would send out some products to you know smaller accounts just to sort of get your content rolling. Yeah, you know, exchange of a free product for um, you know a post or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, just to get your content rolling. And then sort of scale up from there. Personally, if I was to start a brand again, I see a lot of brands putting a lot, like pumping a lot of money into influencers straight up just to get like real quick exposure. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what the results of that are exactly, but I'm not sure if I would go that way. It's just in terms of like scaling, I think there's also to be wary of scaling too fast because Mm -hmm. you can make a lot of mistakes um, and lose cash really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would sort of start slow and sort of see what marketing avenue works best for your brand and not necessarily think you have to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. That's how what my advice would be. Okay. Um, do what's best for your brand. Don't necessarily do what looks like what's working for other brands mm-hmm. um, because I don't necessarily think it is always working. Yeah. So would you say kind of test the waters a little bit through different streams of marketing? Yeah. I've paid a lot of influencers to post mm-hmm. and, you know, in the realms of over, you know, $10,000. And yeah. if I was starting out, that could have potentially damaged my business because it would have affected my cash flow. I was lucky that I was able to take that as a loss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in hindsight, if I was starting out again, I wouldn't just pump, you know, all of my money into influencers and just cross my fingers and hope for the best. Yeah. Because you don't see a return sometimes with influencers, even mm-hmm. though they might have millions of followers. Um, it's not always the the large influencers that will get you, you know, a bang for your buck. We see a lot of smaller influencers who, you know, post organically who get a much better return for us. So I don't always think you need to aim super, super high to be successful. You can start small and scale up from there. Yeah, well, there is a big thing going on with micro-influencers as well that are Mm. kind of with brands are kind of seeing them as the better option because their engagement is a lot better. 100%. Yeah, Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. Oh, good. Okay, well, that's interesting. I love love all that influencer chat. It's really interesting to me, so I love hearing about that. It's a topic for debate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And I'm sure people would love to hear about all of that as well. All the listeners mm. would love that. Um, yeah. And so speaking about the quick flick, what has been, I guess, the biggest challenge for, for you with this brand? Mm. I've, I've hit a few challenges. I feel like I've hit a few challenges recently as well. Okay. I've spoken to a few people and they sort of say like, you know, going into your second, third year is kind of the most challenging part because you're kind of at a like awkward, sticky spot where you're not quite small anymore and you're kind of about to explode, you know. Um, But I would say one of the main challenges for me when I was starting out was um, dealing with copycat products entering the market. Yes, true. That was real. That happened quite quickly. I mean, Mm. it's a given. It's always going to happen. All the good ideas always get ripped off. Yeah. And I think a lesson I learned from that was that the copycat 
product isn't what's affecting your business. It's the time that you spend worrying about it and losing sleep over it, getting upset. That's what actually affects your business in the long run because you're losing focus. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, And then probably another one that I've sort of struggled with, I've always been quite an independent individual and I sort of have always worked better on my own yeah but I did struggle a little bit with giving um you know responsibility over to staff Mm -hmm. and letting other people do things for me yeah and I have struggled a little bit with staff you know uh, running a team um it's not my strong point per Mm -hmm. se yeah so I think that's probably been one of my challenges yeah managing a team and and finding the right people it's hard to find the right people these days yeah and to find people who who share the same vision as you so I've learned just to how to be a bit more open and honest with people from the get-go you know like and just making sure you're on the same page as the people you bring onto your team because I think work culture and staff culture is huge and I've I've seen how staff can really slow down your business and it can really affect your business yeah um more than people realize I think yeah so really fostering that staff culture um Mm -hmm. and that team culture so you're all working towards that that common goal I think that's really critical that's really good advice I think and that's Mm. and that's I'm sure that a lot of people who have businesses would relate to that as well also being being you know your own and it's your kind of baby I would say Mm. you know it's I guess it can be hard to kind of let go and to you know trust people I'm I'm a bit the same with some things you know and I think it's just it's human nature as well to kind of give that responsibility to someone else when you're Mm. so used to it so 100% yeah you've received a lot of media attention it's just been crazy so obviously as you said the Daily Mail picked it up when it was first kind of launched and um you know magazines and you know you've been featured here there and everywhere even from Huda Beauty so that's pretty big Mm. that's pretty big I would say (laughs) I went to office in Dubai actually when I was there yeah yeah (gasps) oh my god I didn't meet her she wasn't there on the day but I can still say I walked the office at oh was it nice <laughs> yeah it was it was very uh flashy <laughs> oh i wouldn't i wouldn't you know think of yeah. anything less <laughs> No, it's my dream office. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, she has really great taste, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh, perfect. So so what has all this kind of media attention, you know, been like for you? Uh, Oh, I don't know. I feel like I still haven't, like, absorbed it all. I'm just going with the flow. Honestly, I'm not letting it get to my head. I think a lot of people could let it get to their head. I'm I'm not one to, funnily enough, I'm not one to be in the limelight. I don't enjoy the limelight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, yep, that's fine. So I'm... I'm just trying to stay humble and yeah. and set a, an example for people. Like I feel like, uh, as cliche as it sounds, like I feel like I can set a good example for other people who want to start a successful business and mm-hmm. see that it is achievable, mm-hmm. especially women as well. Like I quite enjoy being like a role model for other women who want to, um, you know, start a business or that they don't really know how to scale a business or whatever it is. And also being quite young, you know, when I started my business, when I started working on it, I was only 21. Wow. Um, so I think also people realizing, you know, success can come at a young age if you work hard enough for it. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I, I think I've tried to use it as uh, to my advantage to set example for other people, really. Um, mm. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Good on you for staying humble because there's so many bloody big heads in the, oh, <laughs> in <no>. the world. <laughs> Oh, I, <laughs> I just think like at the end of the day, I'm always like, just everyone, just be normal. Just, yeah, you know, you're not know. better than anyone else. Just be, be yourself. Nice yeah, exactly. <laughs> be a good person. 
kind of on the back of that? Have you had any like pinch me moments? I did when I worked, uh, walked into Priceline for the first time and I saw yeah. my product on the shelf. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I think because it had been months and months and months of work and I was kind of like, oh, this is never going to happen. You know, like yeah. you kind of lose the excitement over all the paperwork and yeah. like, all the, you know, the boring stuff, as I call it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, actually like walking in and like I was part of the photo shoot, so like my face was on the stand. Yes. Like, it was just like a what the hell is this happening moment. <laughs> But no, it was it was really good, and like I left the store feeling like so excited, and I like I remember saying to myself, "This is like the first of many. Like I want to walk into like stores in the UK or the US and like see quick flick there." So it yeah. it just like really made me realize that's a reality. This is possible. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good feeling. Oh, it'd be quite motivating, I I assume as well. Yeah, no, it is. There's nothing better than being rewarded and seeing it actually happen in person. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, hard work pays off at the end of the day. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, good on you. Okay, so let's talk about the product itself. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure if, you know, some listeners haven't heard about it, now's the time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> each pack comes with two pens, so not just mm-hmm. one. Tell me about that. Yeah, so when I was designing it, um, some of the other products out there were like, triangles basically like it wasn't the shape wasn't properly designed to match each eye with a cat eye it's you know it's a curve it's not just a straight triangle I suppose yeah um so yeah the reason you have two pens is because you get a stamp for left and right eye basically the shape the shape flip you know yeah and then you also get two liners as well so also, my thinking behind that was, you know, this perceived value for money. So you are getting essentially two liners, two stamps, pretty much the same price as one eyeliner pen that you would buy in Sephora or Mecca. You yeah, know? true. So, yeah, a lot more product in there. So, yeah, more value for money as well. Yeah, literally double the product. So that's yeah, great. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how much does it cost to have the quick flick? Uh, so you, the single packs are thirty four ninety nine Australian. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And you have different sizes of the wings. Um, yeah. So what does that mean and how can we choose the right one for us? Yeah, so again, like my thought process was trying to create a product that everyone could use you know like mm-hmm. my motto is always like I believe there's a wing for every eye essentially I love that yes I wanted people to be able to choose what sort of look they wanted or you know if they had a slightly smaller eye they might not want this massive grand Amy Winehouse wing you know <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so yeah basically the sizes correspond to the length and the thickness of the wings okay. um, so depending on your preference occasion your eye type you can basically customize the look that you're going for by choosing a size that's appropriate to you. Okay. And what sizes do you currently have? Yeah. So we've got um, a 8 mil, a 10 mil and a 12 mil. Okay. The length. And then we also launched recently a new um, shape which was called, which is called To The Point. Mm-hmm. And it was like highly requested by a lot of customers. It's basically like a, a thinner, sleeker sort of wing. We kind of went in that it was like the modern wing, you know, moving away from that classic style wing that you've seen before. Yeah. So it's four in total now, yeah. Okay, awesome. And in terms of the formula, how does it differ to other eyeliners on the market? So like I mentioned before, that intense black pigment, Mm -hmm. um, that was something like even Tudor pointed out when she reviewed the product. She was like, the pigmentation of the liner is just like insane. It's so 
pitch black. Mm-hmm. So that definitely, I think, sets us aside. And then obviously being vegan, cruelty-free and also non-toxic as well. I think more consumers are becoming aware of like the ingredients that they're putting on their body. Definitely. So that's important. Um, and then also, yeah, that longevity of it. So it's an oil-based product, which means if it comes into contact with water, it won't move. Perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, great. It sounds Amazing. Well, I've already tried it, but you know. (laughs) Well. (laughs) And where can we get our hands on the product and is it available internationally? Yeah, so our online website, we ship worldwide. So that's just thequickflick.com.au for Mm -hmm. Australian listeners. Um, And we have a few stores. Obviously, you can check the stockers tab, but the main one in Australia is Priceline. Perfect. Awesome. And we all love Priceline, so that sounds great. Mm -hmm. I know I'm obsessed with Priceline personally. So there you go. If I go in there wanting one product, I leave with 10. <laughs> oh, so do I. But it's good because Terrible. if you are you get your points up, so you kind of yeah, get rewarded. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 I see it's it as an then. investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> and you have also expanded into different colours too, not just black. So mm. what colours do you have in the range? So we've got uh, Hot Fudge, which is like a deep chocolate brown. That sounds delicious. Um, I know. <laughs> um, and now I've got my sweet craving coming back. <laughs> um, and then we've got a deep a navy blue, which is called Blue Velvet. Ooh. Then we also have Green Envy, which is like an emerald green. Mm-hmm. And we have five new shades launching very soon. Oh! Um, yeah, which are like brighter, more fun, <gasps> a bit more daring colours as well. So that's a few weeks away. So that's oh exciting. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Perfect mm-hmm. for festivals and whatnot, hey? 100%, yeah. Oh my God, that's so exciting. I love when I when I get to know these things through the podcast. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just about to ask, so you'll be creating new products soon and what is next? Is that all you can say at the moment or is there something else on the horizon? Um, well, there's a few other products in okay. the making, but okay. I guess like with the Quick Flick brand, like I don't want to just be like a one-hit wonder product. Yeah. So I do hopefully want to branch out into like other cosmetic products, which kind of align with the same concept of a quick flick of like quick, easy use, time saving. Anyone can pick it up and use it, you know, like doesn't require high skill. So Mm -hmm. um, kind of aligning with that whole like quick beauty theme, you know. Yeah. And when can we expect to see things start to happen? Uh, this year. <laughs> oh, this year. Okay. That's yeah. that's exciting because at least, mm. yeah, it's coming soon because this year's already gone really fast. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Lots of more products coming <gasps> this year. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's very exciting. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Okay, you're going to have to keep me updated on this. because right, you'll, you'll be the first to know, don't oh, worry. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, we've also got a Facebook group called Ooh. Quick Flick Babes, and I always drop, like, information in there of what's coming. And Ooh. a lot of the times I kind of, like, leave our customers in charge. So mm-hmm. if you go in there, you'll know what the new colours are because the customers actually voted and named them. Oh, my so. God, that's great. Yeah, so we do give a lot of control to the customers in choosing what they want next, which I think has also been a reason for our success because we're literally treating the customer as our boss and giving them what they're asking for so we yeah. know ourselves. 
Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess in terms of evolving, you need to be listening to your customers. 100%. So it's a perfect yeah. avenue to do that. Perfect. Oh, well, I'm going to join and check all of that out because yeah. I'm impatient totally. and I really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I thought I would end on a few random questions for you if you're ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number one is, would you rather never stamp your eyeliner in the same place on both eyes <laughs> or always have a shaky hand when using the quick flick oh my god that sounds like a nightmare Um, okay, look, I'm going to go with I'd rather have a shaky hand mm-hmm. because if I always stamped it in the wrong place, that would be a reflection on the product. True, yep. The shaky hand would be a reflection on me. So it would be a user <laughs> error, not the product. Good thinking. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's such a success. You've already yeah. thought about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you could master one musical instrument, what would it be if you haven't mastered one already? Mm, I would say the piano. I used to play the piano. Okay. And then yeah. this sounds gross, but I had like an accident at school with a bandsaw and I almost lost my finger. Oh my God. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just stopped playing piano since then and I've like always wanted to re pick it up. Oh. So I would say the piano. Oh, that's, that's cute. But God, so bad about yeah. your finger. Jeez. Are you right <laughs> now? Oh, I don't have feeling in it, but I've still got a finger, so it's oh fine. Oh, my good God. Jeez. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, I wasn't ex- okay, wow. That's Jeez. why I needed the quick flick, you know? Exactly. That's it. <laughs> and number three, would you rather live without music or live without TV? Um, I'd rather live without TV because I don't watch TV anyway. Oh, really? No, I like I don't have time. So oh, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, no, look, understandable. That was a stupid question from me because, yeah. look, you're a busy girl. <laughs> yeah. And I listen to music all the time when I'm working, so I wouldn't miss music, but I wouldn't realize the TV is gone. Yeah, yeah right. Okay, that's a good answer. Yeah. I like that. Makes yeah. sense. You're, yeah. you're a busy woman. It's fine. We get it. Who has time for that anyway? <laughs> True. Who has time for Batchy? Not me. Well, I do. I have a lot of time for Batchy, but that's fine. Yeah, I can maybe <laughs> make time for that, but yeah, other things, no. <laughs> yeah, good answer. Well, Iris, yeah. it has been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It was really fun. No worries. So excited to see what comes next for the quick flick. Yep. Stay tuned. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Fashion Avenue is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, produced and hosted by Amber Lowther. Check out fashion-avenue.co and our Instagram at Fashion Avenue Podcast. Editorial support provided by Tegan Sides. Executive producers are Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio storytelling, head to hit.com.au and most importantly, don't forget to subscribe.